we celebrate today the solemnity of the most holy body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, traditionally regarded as Corpus Christi. Today, we're going to show our faith in the real presence of the Eucharist, the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist, that are the words of consecration through the instrumentality of the Holy Spirit, the bread and the wine are turned into the body and blood of Christ. And we're going to showcase that faith by carrying the blessed sacrament in procession in a way, experiencing the same way as Jesus walked through the narrow streets of Palestine during his time. So Jesus is going to accompany us, walk around our neighborhood, blessing our neighborhood, and all of us who are taking part in the procession. Because to encounter the Lord is to encounter the moment of grace and blessing. But how did we get there? The people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. They were oppressed. They were suppressed. But the Lord intervened. And he asked them to procure a lamb. And each family kill it, roast it, and eat with unleavened bread and bitter leaves as like people who are ready to make a journey. But most importantly, the blood of the lamb was to you to smear the lentil of their homes. And we are told in the book of Exodus that that very night, the angel of destruction came striking down every firstborn male of the Egyptians, including that of Pharaoh the king, and even those of animals. Now, the question is why only the firstborn males? Because in that tradition, the firstborn male was the one who had the right of inheritance. And the Hebrew calls them Habekorim. They are the ones that hold the prestige of inheriting the family estate. So if all of them are struck down, it means that among the Egyptians, none of them was capable to inherit. The only people who had the sons to inherit were the Hebrews. Because the angel of destruction passed over their homes without striking anybody there. And that was why they were set free and allowed to go. Now, the blood of the lamb saved the household of the Hebrews. And they are going to have inheritance not a real estate, but an inheritance in the Lord, the promised land. And that is why in the book of Numbers, any group of people that had the nostalgia of Egypt 
and behaved like Egyptians were struck to death and never had the opportunity to enter the promised land. Because if they associated with Egypt, then it means that they wouldn't like to have inheritance in the Lord. So no promised land for them. That is the essence of the book of Numbers. But today in the first reading, the Lord made a covenant with the people. And on Mount Sinai, that covenant was sealed in the blood of the Lamb, where Moses slaughtered, offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and he said they put the blood of the lambs in the bowl, and they sprinkled half of it over the altar he had set at the foot of the mountain. And the remaining half he sprinkled over the people. It is a solemnity that portrays the covenant relationship between God in the symbolism of the altar and the people who were sprinkled with the blood. You know, blood was seen as the essence of life. And that is why the Hebrews would not eat any animal that did not have to release the pulsating blood when it is slaughtered. Because the blood is seen as the essence of life. So if that blood, the essence of life, is sprinkled on the people, it is an, a symbol of them receiving life through the covenant. If they leave the covenant, they will have life. And that is why when Moses was about to depart, he said, I said before you today, life and death. Choose life and live. That is it. The book of Deuteronomy is about choosing life. But that was a shadow of the reality that was to come. And that is why in the second reading, St. Paul says that if, uh, the writer of the letter to the Hebrews says that if the blood of bulls and rams and the ashes of heifers could set people externally from evil, how much more the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the blood that far surpasses the Old Testament covenant. So in the estimation of the writer of the letter to the Hebrews, Jesus' covenant far surpasses the Old Covenant. And the blood of Jesus set us free both externally and internally. Setting us free and making us children of God once again. And so in the gospel, St. Mark says that during the Passover, you see the context of the same Passover, where the people of Israel were liberated from slavery and suppression in Egypt, so that they could inherit the promised land, this same Passover context, Jesus offers the sacrifice of himself. He sent his disciples to go and prepare a place where he was going to celebrate the Passover with his disciples. So when they went, they saw everything as Jesus had described. In other words, God's plan of salvation is intact and is in place. They saw it as Jesus 
had described. And so at the, at the, at the, at the Passover meal, Jesus takes bread, blesses it, breaks it, and gives to them, saying, Tutoto estin sumamo na bete fagete. This is my body, take and eat. You know, I, I, I like the Greek more than the English. The English says take and eat. But the Greek verb use means more than eating. It means to masticate. Fagian is to chew, to masticate. And that's the symbolism of the body. You don't just eat the body, but you, you chew the body. So, the better take, forget it, eat. So, take and masticate. A symbolism of the real body. And that's why St. John's Gospel will say, my body is real food and my blood is real drink. Those who eat my body and drink my blood live in me and I in him. The Eucharist that we celebrate, we hear the same words of institution that the night before Jesus suffered and died, he took bread in his sacred hands, gave thanks, broke it, and gave to the disciples, saying, take and eat, this is my body. And in the same way he took the cup after the, uh, uh, the, the, the last supper, after the meal, and said, take and drink, this is my blood. The blood of the new and everlasting covenant, which will be shared for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. It is the blood that cries more incessantly than that of Abel. The blood that cries to heaven. The blood that makes us children of God. Makes us heirs of the Father. So, today when we celebrate the solemnity of the most sacred body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are celebrating a profound mystery and a profundity of God's love for all of us. God took the initiative and he said yes so that humanity can become children of his once again. But let us not forget that all these things did not happen in a vacuum. Someone like us said yes to God at the Annunciation. When Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. The word became incarnate. And that incarnation had a focus and a climax was the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus Christ to accomplish the Father's plan of salvation. And that is why Jesus says it is consummated from the cross. It is accomplished. It is done. The Telestai. So dearly beloved, that love, that yes of God, that brought about 
you know, the stupendous love to humanity can never be complete if we do not respond to that with our love. So the love of God becomes effective and complete when we also say yes to live in that love. Whenever we come to the Eucharistic celebration, our Lord Jesus Christ breaks himself out of love for us. He nourishes us physically and spiritually so that you and I can come to that communion with him. And once we come to communion with Christ, we are sent out to bring the light of Christ. So we go to diffuse into our world that love that we have come to experience. So to come to the Eucharist and not to live out of love, to come to the Eucharist, which is the body of Christ, which is the essence of the Christian community, which St. Paul calls the body of Christ, if we go out there and do not express that attitude of our Lord Jesus Christ, the attitude of love, the attitude of welcoming, the attitude of self-sacrifice for the good of the other, the attitude of unity, then there is no need to celebrate the Eucharist. Because there should be a response to that love. You know, love is two-way. And love should be responded freely by accepting that love and reciprocating that love. And that is what Jesus expects of us. So today's liturgy is about the love that we will share. The love for one another. The unity of the human race. And St. Paul said, don't we profess one faith? Don't we have one baptism? Is it not the one bread that we break? Don't we share the same cup? So although we are many, we are one in Christ. How wonderful and beautiful it is. And I believe if the whole world will come to the appreciation that the Eucharist is about unity and love, I think our world will have no problem. And no one will have a problem. But the selfishness in us, the self-exaltation in us, the creation of our territory where we don't want anybody to come near has always been the problem emanating from the fall of humanity. But the grace of God is always sufficient for us. Dearly beloved, today, when you come up to receive Christ, the body of Christ, and you say, Amen, I want you deeply in your heart to appreciate, to believe, and to accept the mandate Jesus gives us through this Eucharistic celebration, to go out there to make disciples of all nations, sharing our love with them. And that is what is meant when at the end of every liturgical celebration, the deacon says, the mass is ended, go in the peace and love of Christ. We say, thanks be to God. And as I always tell you, 
we are not saying hallelujah. We can now go and have lunch. You know, that loud mouth African priest has eventually said, we can go. You know, it's not about that. It's not about getting out quickly and, and, and getting into my car, hopping into it and, and speeding out from the parish, the, 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 the parking lot before somebody crosses me. You know, it's so interesting that people leave the church and you accidentally cross him or her. The looks he's going to give you. You wonder, is this the same person who received the body of Christ in the church? Dearly beloved, let us leave our identity as people who have received Christ in communion in the Eucharist. And let our attitude, our interaction with one another be the expression of Jesus' love for us. May the Holy Spirit help us and strengthen us to be genuine children of God who are eagerly and willing to live in unity and to express that love wherever we are. Amen.